Welcome to the Next Level Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lisa Hart, the results manifestation coach for women. I am on a mission to help them just like you to break through your limiting beliefs, your old programming and paradigms to truly manifest a life that you want, not what everyone else in your world and in society tells you that you should have, but what you want. You are in for such a treat because what we're going to be doing in this show is to help you unlock the secrets to manifesting that life. Where those secrets exist, they exist in your mind. And our goal through these episodes is to really help you unlock the secrets to take your life to the next level to manifest a life that you love. So whether you want more money, more freedom, to have more impact, better relationships, you want better health, happiness, whatever your goal is, we are here to support you in achieving it. Tune in to this podcast every single week like it's your job, because I promise you, it's going to create massive change in your life. So let's do this. Hey there, welcome back to Next Level Woman. For uh, today, we're continuing with Tessa Greenspan. Oh, by the way, I'm Dr. Lisa Hart, your host. Tessa Greenspan is one of St. Louis's most influential entrepreneurs, leaders, motivational speakers, best-selling authors, encourager, marketing strategist, team builder, social media expert, anti-aging and health advocate, and a lover of life. She's an example of and shows people how to live at peak potential. She has overcome seemingly impossible obstacles in order to survive and thrive. After 28 years of developing whole foods-like grocery stores, Tessa is now in the next chapter of her life. She's teaching about resilience, overcoming obstacles, and how to live full out, loving life and having fun. Her number one best-selling book, From Outhouse to Penthouse, is available on Amazon. Her website is tessagreenspan.com. Welcome back, Tessa. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So I want to hear about your entry into being a businesswoman. I think that's another very interesting story, right? It is. I think that it's really important, though, for me to sort of continue sure. uh, what shaped me. Uh, and then Absolutely. I love business. Absolutely Excellent. love business. Uh-huh. And I mentor a lot of women in business, too. I mean, so mentor, not I don't coach. Uh, I don't want to be responsible um, for that. But after uh, when my mother had her leg amputated and we were on welfare and she was going to school. Uh, next to us was a woman, a grandmother uh, had two children, not had two children, but was watching two children. Well, her son was in the army. So when he came home, he met my mother and they fell in love and they got married. So now there were four children and then she had a husband. So he was in the service and so he was stationed in Japan. And so all of us went to Japan while he was in the service which was really, uh, it was an adventure, a really great adventure too, I might say. I mean, living in another country, as you know, is really eye-opening in many ways. And this was a very long time ago. Anyway, there were four children. 
there was a problem. My mother had a problem with picking out good men. He was an alcoholic, actually, and it got worse when we were in Japan. And my mother would have to say, run kids and other kinds of things. And it just got worse. And actually, he um, was released from the service after, you know, we were in Japan, I think a year and a half or so. And uh, he, it had gotten so bad that he got a medical discharge. So uh, it got worse. He, his drinking got worse. And my mother um, went to work and supported him. And eventually he just laid on the couch and drank and he would have the DTs. I mean, it was really a terrible thing. I couldn't bring anyone home. And it was just really a, a very, very uh, unhappy um, situation. And I left as soon as I could because it was awful. And, and you know, her thing was being consistent and working to try to help a person or whatever, but she worked. Now, here's this woman that has an artificial leg that's going out and working, supporting this man. And so, again, I, I left. And so it really then was able to go to school and then worked. I Actually, I worked at stat tab uh, and went to California visiting my aunt so a lot of different things and then came back to St. Louis and I met my husband and we were rather young and but he was really such a, a role model as far as stability his family was stable you know he worked at the same job he was with his mother in a grocery business and just very fun and funny and it was really a great thing so we got married and we had two children and i worked at, at our we we bought a store a, a farmer's market when my son was uh 26 days old so my son was first 15 months uh, difference in the two children uh -huh. and so then he started working all the time i mean he was such a responsible and cared about his family but wanted to provide the best and, and so i would go to the store uh, and work part-time and learned a lot then so then my children were a little bit older and but i'll stop and say i wanted to be the best mother that i could possibly ever be mm -hmm. i wanted to always give my children far more so I became studying, I began studying uh, on the best way to raise children. And one of the books that I read was Children the Challenge by Rudolf Drackers, which is a long time ago. Then I became group leader in teaching other parents about uh, raising children, giving them choices instead of telling them what to do. And again, my goal was to be the very best and to learn everything I could on being the best mother that I could possibly be. And that was really, uh, I started on a lifelong learning in many areas, not just, but mostly the brain, the mind, what makes us and, and really learning to love ourselves, all of these things. And so my children were growing up a little, then we get into the business part. My husband and I had a store and I was looking, My, but I'll back up just a minute and say, my mother, eventually divorced this man that was an alcoholic and she lived with me part-time she always worked like at the girls home in different places but she 
would come on her days off. My sister now decided, you know, hers was probably what was wrong with me too, but she was so insecure in so many ways, she couldn't even go in a room. So she started drinking in, when she was 13 years old. By the time she was 14, she was really an alcoholic. And how, how it all began, I don't even know, and where she even got it. So that started her on a, a downward path for all of her life. And she married and had uh, two children, and then they became alcoholics. And so it's really, Interesting. you wonder, wow. isn't it? You wonder how and what. But she abandoned her children, actually, and um, became even a heroin addict after a bit. But it was really a, not good, but I tried to do everything I could to help her. So my goal was to help my sister's children, who she eventually abandoned them. They lived with another person. And so I was looking for a way to make extra money for my mother and my sister's children to provide school and everything. They lived with uh, her ex-husband's family. And so that was really my motivation to find ways that I could start helping and not taking away from my family. Right. So I, we service in my husband's store, we had a huge cooler in the back and we serviced a lot of peddlers, a lot of people who drove trucks and sold on the corners or, or had a special place, the fresh fruit and produce. So when looking for something else to do, I said, I looked at these men and they were making a lot of money. And I said, I can do that. So I bought a big bread truck. Now there was a little problem. I could not drive a stick shift. Oh my. But I learned really quick. I rented an empty corner in about 20 miles away. That was a gravel lot, nothing but a gravel lot. And I was in business. I set up on milk crates and then plywood. I built a, a A line, A frame. I made the signs, daily signs. And I started and had a great business. It was a four way stop. You know, choosing the right place too was really big. You can't do it on a dead end street or something. So, four way stop. And little by little, I built a big business. My mother lived with me and watched my children. I was able to make quite a bit of money and help her because she was watching my children and to provide school clothing and, and different things for my, to my niece and nephew. So it was a win-win. And I learned so much. That was really where I learned so much about business more than any other time i learned you know that there's a better side to fruit and produce than you know just like people there's a better side to fruit when they're towards the sun than the other side so there was so many really wonderful lessons in this i did it for five years in a row worked from april um th through october every year 
And that's really where I learned probably more about business than any other. I mean, it just really, when you're thrown into things, you know, you think or swim, but, but I found ways. I, I would make the sign with a shoe polish, a white shoe polish, and then I would spray it the next day. So lots of different things. And the kids in the neighborhood, I hired them to come and help me unload the hundred pound sacks of potatoes and all of these things. And so it worked out. And actually, I absolutely loved it. It was being an entrepreneur, which I hadn't even thought of that. But that's where I learned a lot about business, about marketing, about a lot of different things. And so that was a good season in my life. Mm -hmm. And then did you take what you learned there back to the grocery that you owned? Yes. How does, how does that go? So uh, we sold, my husband sold a store and went into the wholesale end, buying wholesale. And uh, I then uh, was looking for something to do. And so I approached several men. I went at the store in, in St. Louis. I approached some um, people that owned some grocery stores, a chain in Belleville, Illinois. And so... I approached them and I said, would you like to, to partner with me with a fruit and produce place in St. Louis? And they said, yes. So our agreement was that they would run the store because they had a lot more experience than I did. And so I was going about my merry way. I went, was really involved in charities and doing a lot of things and was not paying attention at all. So 1981 is when we opened the store. And actually, October 30th, 1985, they wanted a meeting. They handed me the keys and said they were declaring bankruptcy. That turned my, wow. life, turned my life around. It was sort of blindsided. But on the other hand, I really encourage, I stop at this point and I say, always pay attention. Don't let anybody run your business or always be involved. You watch the books. You do all of this. And it, it's really part, part, part of my fault because I wasn't paying attention. But it's really so important to watch everything. Do not in any way, shape, or form let another person take total control of your store. So I wasn't paying attention. Well, when I got into the books more, I saw that there were many ways that they declared, siphoned a lot of money. Hmm. Uh, many, many different ways. They would sell something to the store that was maybe $500 that they would sell it for 5000 Many other kinds of things. They would get one vendor and make it go as high as it and then switch vendors. And so I decided that I couldn't leave that debt. So the amount of debt in today's money was a million dollars. So I decided that I was going to do my best to pay off because these were all small vendors that I knew and that I needed to do everything I could to see that I could pay off. And so I say, by the grace of God, a lot of hard work, really working night and day many times, I eventually paid off every single penny. So the people you had been in business with who were running the stores had intentionally done that. Yes. Wow. And then you paid it off. How long did it take you to pay it off? Ten years. But you didn't just pay it off. You really went on to huge success, yes. right? 
Yeah. So then uh, the store was doing very, very well. And then I uh, decided that either it was small. So really either close it or have something much bigger because it was limited amount of things that they had. So I was went to there again. I learned I went to a small business development center at St. Louis U and learned how to put a, um, a business plan together and a, a lot of other things. And so then I got another loan, which was close to a million dollars in today's money and opened a store that was three times the size. So I had a lot more product that that I it was the first store was like a second stop store with just limited amount of things. I but see. the store, you could get just about anything. Got it. Wow. And then once you learn how to turn something like that around, you that's just part of you. You, you know those business skills. It's true. And, and I say that many times we learn far more by the difficult times and by the struggles than we do if we just learn from a textbook. Oh, I think that's absolutely right doing it being in the in the arena is really mm -hmm. so important so i opened a store that was as i said three times the size it that was like starting all over again though because i had just gotten another loan and just it was it was a, a lot of money dug in so i have a lot of different uh things that i did that i didn't know that was cutting edge and above so much more above anything that I really knew, but it was out of, it was important for me to find a way to be able to have, buy something that was less money that I could make profit with. And so mm -hmm. I did that and I had a lot of different things and ways. And if anybody's in business, I, I will say a few things that I feel are very, very- Oh, important. please. I was gonna ask you if you could share some business advice with the women who are yeah. listening. Well, first, I will say charity is good for business. No matter what business that you're in, decide what charity that you always what you not just because it's good business, but because you're passionate about that particular charity. And the first thing when I opened the store, uh, I had somebody build a wishing well and I chose a different charity every single month. And so the goal was uh, I would match up to $400 that month. And though the agreement with the charity, and they all had to be 501c3, was that they tell all of their um, people with their newsletter that you can you know, donate uh, to Sapping the Farmer's Market at no purchase necessary. And whatever monies are collected, they get it on. It is, I will match it up to $400, which was a, really a, a good deal for everyone. And though, when we got the end of, to the end of the month, I had this big, you could write off a, a check that I had made, and I would put the amount and the name of the charity, and then the person who was head of it would come in and we would take a photo. So that in itself was so good because I got a lot of publicity for it. Uh -huh. I wasn't doing it for that at first at all. Uh, that wasn't the reason, 
I just wanted to give back. And I didn't tell the story about the time that we didn't have any food. But just I wanted to give back. I, and that was one way. It really worked out so good. So good. Got a lot of publicity and a lot of new customers, as a matter of fact. So even if you have an accounting office, you know, you can have a canned food drive at times. You can do a lot of things, be involved in that charity. And that makes you more visible, mm -hmm. first of all. But be involved in that charity, be on a board. Also find other ways, you know, this month, whatever money you put into something, you know, I'll match it. Or a lot of different ways, being creative. And I didn't realize it until way after the fact, but I was very creative in different methods that that I that I did. Mm -hmm. The other thing that I did was I first of all I will say I when I was building this store and I developed the second store and put every case in and every single thing. And I built a toy train that went around the entire store over the shelves. And I would put the special of the day on the flat car. It was a G gauge train. Mm -hmm. One of the things I wanted to do was to attract uh, families and people with children. And so the train was one of the biggest things. Even today, I mean, even though I've been gone for a long time, people will say, I remember the train store. <laughs> but kids would come. You had to go around the entire store, which went, meant every department. Right. So, <laughs> And so you have the specials, which I didn't know it at the time, but because I always wanted a train to entertain the children. But it too became one of the best things that I could have ever done because it was entertainment. Also, they had to go through all of the departments and the special of the day was on the flat card. So it was, that too was- You covered great. everything. That's great. Yeah. It, it really <laughs> Reminds me of Ikea, you know, the way they, they force you to go through the whole store. Yeah, they do. Yeah. Your train sounds a lot more fun than that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was. So- and another thing I did is I would do tours of the store with kids, you know, like kindergartens and first grade. Right. right. Cooler and show them and they love the train. So I would do tours and, and it became the, the Sappiness School. Every year they would bring their new uh, first graders to the store. Right. So the cooler, we, uh, I talked about different things about, you know, do you know what um, cookies are made from? And so, uh, different things like this. And then I took a photo of the group of children and I had a board that they, when they came in, that their photos were there. And so I gave everyone a $5 gift certificate, everyone. And I said, make sure you bring your parents and grandparents back and find your picture. It's amazing. These kids, Absolutely. Were, yeah, these kids were really working for me in essence. So a lot, a lot of, of uh, different things. Those are, there are several of the things. That, the tours, though, really worked well. And then uh, many different things that I did. One was the cheese. I had 200 kinds of cheeses. And so I couldn't compete with the chain stores. So I found a cheese maker in Wisconsin, and the store manager and I went 
And we made a deal that I would buy 3,000 pounds a, a month. And then I had two girls who cut, wrapped, and sliced. I was able to sell cheese two, three, four, five dollars a pound less than the chain stores because we wrapped it ourselves. When it comes wrapped and can't come, whatever, then it's much more expensive. Right. So it's really finding ways. And this is the thing is being creative, but finding ways. Think about something, you know, if you want something that's less money or if you want something that's that's more or whatever, whatever your business is, be creative. Think out of the box. Don't don't uh, say that, well, this is the way it is. I never, ever said this is the way it is. I always found another way. One of the other things that I did is I saw that there were 30,000 Bosnian that it you know, when they had to leave their country and they could go to Germany for seven years and then they had to leave. So all of these Bosnians came to St. Louis. And I said, what could I do to bring some of their food from their homeland? So I searched and found an importer in New York City and I bought a, brought a mixed palette of this, of the, their foods. I then advertised in their language, in their newspaper, little newspaper, and started advertising. Well, this was like a four-foot section, and eventually I, it became more and more and more until I had a 16-foot section of different kinds of foods. I, I brought other kinds of foods in, too. But I found also that they loved Cubanella peppers. And so I'm going to stop for a second and just say, Find out what your customers love or what they're passionate about, and then address that in some way. Right. It's, a, it's a way of service, right? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. And I found out that they love Cubanella peppers, which is sort of a long green, sort of a sweet pepper, but it, it's a little bit of a different thing. And so I would bring it in from Chicago. And I thought, you know, I have a farmer who grows things for me. I'm going to ask him to, to grow the Cubanella peppers so that I can give a better price the following year. So I did. And it became a massive hit because they would buy it by the case, these Cubanella peppers. And that was really another. And so I found out what they really liked. You know, they would do something with cabbage too. They would put them in a trash can and uh, with vinegar. I don't know how they did it, but then let it sit for quite some time and that's one of the things that they really like so i found that out so i would sell cabbage by the case and they loved that so it was a little bit less expensive than just right. one at a time right so it's really i think it wasn't desperation but it was trying to find a way one to help people mm -hmm. but also to be able to make a lot more money right so those are some of the things that I did that was more creative and didn't realize it until much later. It's thinking out of the box, though, that is so important, really so important. Creating win-win-win situations. Yes, yeah. yeah. and that's, that's really my model in, in every phase of life. Is, it must be a win-win situation. You know, it, otherwise, it really isn't good. If, you, if you're just out for the money or if you're just out, you know, to make yourself look, I don't know what, it must be a win-win. Right. I agree with you. All right. Well, I think that, 
that is a beefy episode. I am so glad you came back for this. And I want us to talk again here shortly about your next book and whatever else you feel called to tell us about. How's that sound? Okay, that sounds good. Okay, well, to our listeners, until next time, sending you love. Hey, before you go, I hope that you loved this episode. I would love it if you could do me two quick favors. First, make sure to subscribe to Next Level Woman. That way, you will get notified when the new episodes are coming out. So definitely subscribe to follow us. The other thing that I would love for you to do is to join us in my Next Level Manifestation Facebook group. This is an awesome place off the podcast platform where you can ask questions. I do free trainings and share very helpful resources there too. You're going to love it. And it's a great place to also find other women who are going after big dreams and getting great results. Links are in the show notes or go to lisahart.com, L-I-E-S-A-H-A-R-T-E.com.